Good morning and uh, welcome to the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Academy. Um, this has been kind of the the idea for the Facebook group for a number of years. So if you're hopping on live or if you are coming on to replay, welcome. Um, I hope you will join me through the series. I'm looking at, you know, the whole vision of this is to establish a um, an, a full academy. So with various, various uh, trains of thinking and perspective, I, I don't like to talk about topics, but kind of topics, but it's it's to fit basically into the whole process of developing a kingdom mindset and and then practical kingdom living i think it's an an appropriate time right now is that we've come to the place where um we have to begin to um equip leaders to actually do what's necessary in this kind of time if ever the church is going to need uh, leaders, quality leaders, um, leaders who can have true authentic impact and bring transformation, most of all, we need them now. So um, I've had in mind for some time already uh, the whole idea of having a kingdom academy or a kingdom leadership equipping academy. Because that's what it's about. It's equipping you to do what's necessary. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy, and and I know you know my friends are. We we're not the kind of people that want to be going around and being the celebrity world changer. You know, us is everything is about us. Um, Jesus didn't do that. He came. He, I mean, he was a world changer, but what he did was he found twelve people, invested in twelve, and released them. Uh, empowered them, equipped them, empowered them, and released them to, in fact, become the world changers. And they went and did the same thing. But somewhere along the line, during the dark ages, I think we kind of began to lose that momentum. And then it suddenly became about um, how important can I be? How important is my uh, my leadership, my influence, my, you know, how big can I be? Um, when I started this group, honestly, I had no idea for it to grow as big as it did. Um, it just grew phenomenally. I, st you know, most ninety percent of people in here are not engaged at all. I don't know if they even kind of pay attention to anything that's going on here, and that doesn't bother me because. Um, you know, it, <laughs> that was the same as in the times of Jesus. And, uh, you know, the, the crowd was there. They loved to get what they, if it was interesting, they would be there. If it wasn't interesting, they could turn around on them, uh, on, on Jesus as quickly as they loved what he was doing. Um, so, but he went to his disciples and he said, to you, it's given the mysteries or the keys or the principles or the laws or the truths of the kingdom of God. To you it's given. To them they will hear stories. They they want to have the nice, you know, the nice stories. They and and they're gonna have to dig to find the principle. But I'm giving the principles to you. 
um, because I want you to take them, basically. I'm equipping you with the principles to run with it. So I'm looking for the 12, I'm, you know, whether it's... If if I, my life ends with having influence one person and that one person can influence one person or maybe in, there's somebody that's going to do, you know, have the 12, uh, that would be great to me. So I that's something else I'm going to be starting is now a um, the KLE 12 or the KL 12, KLE 12 and uh, starting a group, a small group of 12 leaders if you're interested pop me a private message and we can talk about that um, because that is going to be at another high level of commitment dedication um, practicality implementation impartation um, at a very high level we're going to be working at a high level in those in that group so if you're looking for intensive leadership um, the KLE 12 is um, going to be where you need to be. But this is going to be a good place to start. This is going to be a good place to pick it up. All right. So that is the introduction. This is the um, Kingdom Leadership Equipping Academy. And our first, um, uh, and this is part one. There's going to be other parts. There's going to be different, you know, different levels to this as we go along. So look out for it and um, different speakers, uh, different people coming in doing the equipping um, with me on this. So um, today we're talking about um, why is the kingdom of God important to leadership today? Why is the kingdom of God important to leadership today? So what we need to understand, first of all, Jesus, um, if you want to go to uh, Matthew um, 4, verse 17, Matthew 4, 17, and it says this, um, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we know that when Jesus started his ministry, this was the place that he started from. He said, from that time. Jesus began to preach and to say, and uh, another translation says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, uh, he began to preach um, and say, he began to preach. I'm, I'm just reading all the different um, translations down here. Then Jesus started preaching he, from that time. You understand from that moment onwards, this was his message then. His message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent is not... Um, you know, I, crying and, and, and bawling and squalling about um, all my past sins and, and everything else. Repent means to have a change of thinking, have a change of mindset, have a change of paradigm. Mindset could also be paradigm. It's the perspective in which you look at things and receive things, how you filter things. And um, he didn't say repent and have a, ch you know, become church minded. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now we need to understand kingdom of heaven is a place. It's not just a, um, it's not a concept. It's not a, uh, it, it, the church is not the kingdom of heaven. It's not the, the place that we that we all just go when we die. The kingdom of heaven is a nation. It's a place. It's a a spiritual place, which is more real than what you're standing on right now or sitting on wherever you are. Um, it's more real than the physical. And the kingdom of heaven it has a government. It has a 
political government which is ruled by a king um, and it has laws, it has a constitution, it has wealth, it has, um, <laughs> it has a mission, etc., etc. So it, it is a physical place with um, a lot of uh, the things that we need to understand about it. We don't. We, we kind of think church is it, you know, is, and it's not. Church is just the agency. You and I are the agency of the kingdom of heaven on earth. So, But Jesus begins his message and he preaches the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Well, because the kingdom of heaven is actually the, um, the way God wanted it. The whole Bible from beginning to end is about a king and his kingdom. You can see that with Jesus. He he kept saying the, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, you know, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, you got to press into the kingdom, you know, you got to enter the kingdom. Uh, it, he, he just preached kingdom all the time. And then we find in Acts chapter, the first chapter of Acts, when he had risen from the dead, uh, before he actually ascends, he spends time to, with his disciples speaking about the kingdom. And uh, we we've kind of got the gospel mixed up a little bit the gospel we preach is not necessarily the gospel that jesus commissioned us to preach you know is like we we want to preach all these little you know little windows into the into the kingdom but we don't preach the kingdom and uh, in fact jesus said in 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 matthew chapter 24 he said you know when the end is going to come he said when this gospel of the kingdom has been preached all over the world. And and that's not our church message, you understand. That's not even salvation. We think it's it's just salvation is part of that. But you know, we we preach born again. Surprisingly, born again, Jesus never ever spoke to the crowds about being born again. Paul didn't even talk about being born again. Jesus mentioned born again once to a religious leader at night, who came to him and said, you're talking about kingdom, 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 but, you know, how do I get into this kingdom? And he said, you know, you've got to be born again. You've, you've got to be recreated. And Paul talks about then the being, uh, being coming a new creation in Christ. Um, and and uh, there's an entry, but the, the entry is just the entry. <laughs> and we preach the entry, the door, the, the windows as everything uh, to the kingdom. And we're not dealing with the kingdom. If we, so, when we need to, so what we've got to understand is we've got to have this connection. We're only preaching a portion of the kingdom. We're only speaking about a small part of the kingdom. And, um, and we get very religious about that small part of the kingdom. We, we kind of want to impose it. We... We demand it. We, you know, we, and we're missing the point. We're missing the true heart of people of humanity is crying for what the government of God, the order of God. That's what they're crying for. Kingdom is about order. It's about the king's domain. It's about his rulership. It's the kingdom is the word basilia, and basilia means the government of God. It means the domain of the king. So kingdom is the king's domain. It's the domain of the king. It's where and how the king rules within that. So when a king has a kingdom, it's his rulership in that kingdom. And you've got to abide by his rulership 
in that domain, in that region. And kings are always trying to expand their region. They're always trying to um, establish more territory. And, uh, and, and of course, when what they do is they bring the, the culture of their kingship and their rulership into that domain. So why is this important to us? Well, first off is that we've got to get um, the, the mindset of what Jesus was about. Because he, he, he went on to, at another time it says, he, he said to his disciples, I've got to go and preach in the other towns also, because for this purpose I was sent to preach the kingdom of God in other places also. And so the whole point was that he came with a specific message. He came with a specific mission twofold. He came to preach and reestablish the kingdom of God on the earth that Adam had lost. And secondly, he was investing it in a team of 12 guys who would carry, because he says to them in Luke, he says, I think it's in Luke or John, he says, I'm assigning you a kingdom. I'm assigning the kingdom to you. I'm giving you this assignment. I'm giving you this mission. So it was their responsibility now to take it and run with it after this. So um, we need to get Jesus' perspective on things, not our perspective, not our celebrity pastor or our celebrity bishop or, or somebody else or our denomination or our organization's perspective. We need to get the king's perspective, which is his rule and his dominion. Now, when you go to the Garden of Eden and you see where Adam, as a son of God, um, actually ruled and had dominion, before he lost it all, um, that dominion was a garden. God puts, puts him in this environment, puts him in this atmosphere, and that environment is a garden. God calls it the Garden of Eden. Eden means a place of a portal, a place of of embracing God face to face, kind of thing. There's a there's a special Hebrew writing for it, but it's this moment in time that and and Adam walks in that. He walks in the presence of God there. He doesn't have to have intercessors. He doesn't have to have prayer meetings. He doesn't have to have worship services. Um, he doesn't have to have worship leaders. Uh, he just fellowships with God face to face on a daily basis, walking in the breath of God's presence. Isn't that awesome? So now is that he's in this dimension with God. And this, you know, what's the difference between a garden and, and a forest or a bush? Order. There was governmental order in this. And God gives that order, that governmental order to Adam and says, I want you to rule in my stead. He's made in the image of God. And God says to him, I want you to um, rule in this, in this um, domain. I'm giving you authority over all my creation in this and i want you to expand that i want you to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth it's so adam's responsibility with eve as his partner was to in fact spread this environment of the garden of god's order and rule around the globe and so um adam loses that and and God has wants to reinstate it. Now, if I take my phone, I, I saw this the other day and I thought that was quite interesting. Um, is that if if this is the place where 
the, the phone is positioned, if it falls from there down um, onto the ground, then it's fallen from its position. That was how um, Adam lost his place, right? Adam and Eve lost his place. Now, if Jesus is going to restore it, he's got to put him back, back into their place. If restoration is putting it back into there. Not up there, but over there. We're being restored back to our place of dominion and authority and rulership in the earth um, to in God's kingdom, to bring God's kingdom, to establish God's rule and domain. And when we're in his rule and domain, that's where we begin to function the way we're supposed to function. But we couldn't function there. You cannot function there if you've not entered the kingdom of God, if you're not being restored. You've got to be uh, righteous. You've got to be justified. You've got to be made righteous again. You've got to be, have your sin removed. You've got to become that new creature. You've got to become that son of God again, reinstated. And that's what Jesus did. So the cross of Jesus was actually um, a means to an end. You know, the cross wasn't the end of it. The cross was the means to the end. Jesus went to the cross, died and rose again so that we can be seated with him in heavenly places. So that we again are reinstated to a place of rulership, not in heaven, but on earth. And and not over having dominion over people, but over the works of creation. We are, have to reestablish the order of God in the earth. And, and uh, that was the whole point. But now um, what happens is we kind of have missed the king's rule. You know, we kind of like want to impose man's rule and man's way of doing things. And we've missed the rule of God. We're preaching our, our messages um, and we hear it Sunday after Sunday, how to overcome debt out uh, you know and the whole point of that is that that's just a window because jesus said don't why are you worrying about these things the heathen look uh, scrounge for that the gentiles the heathens the pagans those that are outside the covenant of god they pursue that they scrounge for that and he said what you've got to do is seek first the rule of god the the kingdom of god seek first the order the rule the government of his domain for your life and and find it and get into it and then and his righteousness it's interesting as jesus reinstated our righteous so yes we are righteousness but we've got to constantly align with that righteousness if you if any man has sinned um if you confess your sin He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. That's not for the sinner. That's for the believer. That's for you, son of God and uh, daughter of God. That's for you, O man of God, is that uh, when you have sinned, when you have missed God, when you have um, transgressed against the, the, um, the principle and the truths and the laws of God's kingdom, uh, and you've sinned, then you need to confess your sins because he, and then he is faithful. So when you confess it to him and say, Father, forgive me for my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us what from all unrighteousness. So when we need to seek, set, the word is seek first means to set as first priority in the order of things first, first the kingdom of God. The kingdom seems to be the last thing we set order in as first, as our priority. We don't seek the rule and the government of God first in our life. 
And secondly, a set alignment to his righteousness. That's staying in right relationship with him. You know, sometimes we've got to come back into right relationship. I've missed God. I've, I've walked in strife. I've walked in anger. I've, uh, you know, committed adultery. I've betrayed my friend. I've, you know, I'm, I'm walking in unforgiveness. Whatever the story is, is that um, we need to come back, repent, and come back into right relationship. Restore the order of God. Restore the relationship of God into our life again. I hope that makes sense for you. And then, um, so we need to understand it's the government, the order of God. So let's move along quickly here. So, um, we need to connect with the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of the church. We need to connect with the gospel of the kingdom. Do you know that Jesus mentioned salvation twice, but he, he speaks about the kingdom 87 times in, in the gospels, 87 times. Um, so we teach basically everything out of context we we teach it as so people are trying to pursue these little windows they're trying to pursue these little topics and uh we you know we we're trying to teach them how to get your needs met you know how to how to get blessed how to get healed how to you know um i mean i even saw one sign that said uh you know darwinism versus um christianity and it's just like, are you teaching people that in this time? We need to, we need to be teaching and preaching the kingdom of God, heralding, heralding the government of God at this time, not the not the the message of the church. So, um, and because we we're not speaking about the kingdom of God, because we're not establishing the kingdom of God, and heralding like Jesus did. Um, the kingdom of God, we we are in fact um, not establishing order. There's no government. The you know we're not establishing the government of God. You know it's like, <laughs> brother, when you know, uh, yeah, you know it's just it's just like we've got no order. When we've got no order, there's no provision. The Garden of Eden had all the provision that was necessary. The Garden of Eden, in the order and the and, and the dominion and the rule of God, had and the authority that God had given to Adam, in there was everything that was necessary. The, 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 the trees produced, there was rivers, um, enough water to water everything. There was enough gold, silver, oil, everything. Everything was there um, in, that, in that atmosphere. And Adam was supposed to reproduce that. We're supposed to reproduce that. We shouldn't be running around trying to get others to supply our garden. If, you're not, if you don't have a supply, you're not in the garden. And you need to go back to the garden and find out um, what's going on. I, you know, it's just, you know, it's interesting. It's just interesting that if we, we not in a, find the garden. Somebody said to me one day, find the garden. I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, I'm trying, I'm trying. But what I was trying to do is do my, my nice little, you know, church ideas. And that doesn't work. So <clears throat> when we don't have kingdom order, Order has to come from the outside in, and we don't like order. We we don't like the garden anymore because we think democracy. We don't think, um, we don't think kingdom of God. We don't think monarchy. We don't think king. 
we think president, we think prime minister, we think I've got to vote and I can say what I like. Not in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, we are sons at his, of his family and we are citizens of his kingdom. Immediately you come in, which means his uh, constitution rules. His constitution is above whatever you think and your vote at that point in time. So we, if we're not in the order of God, then, then order has to come to us from outside. And um, when we've got no order, what we're doing is we, in fact, we're raising up uh, <laughs> ministers, not sons and daughters of God. We, we're trying to create a, a church that is full of, that is organized and managed. It's got a king or a chairman, a CEO that runs everything and, um, and basically these guys are just driven. They, there's no family orientation. There's no community. The Bible talks about fellowship. Fellowship means there's community. There's a giving backwards and forwards. There's a sharing. There's you know, and you gotta you gotta ask yourself: Am I in the right place? Am I in where there's order, or is there disorder in this? So, um, in the order of God, you will have family. You will have sons. You will have daughters. You'll have moms. You'll have dads. You'll have young children, young men, moms and dads rather than ministers and and um, and uh, titled positions in the when there's no order everybody's driven and working and uh, being pushed to build a ministry to build my vision so i come with a vision and, you know when i started i had no vision all i wanted to do was i just I had a vision for me, but you understand, I didn't have a vision for the church. I just wanted to go in and and I just wanted to minister the word. And I wanted people to get so excited about the word of God, about God, because I, I didn't understand what I'm teaching you now. I wish I did, but I didn't. This is going back 1990. And I just wanted people to get the word and go out and do stuff, you know, make it happen. Pray for the sick, you know, um, just set people free. I, that's all I wanted. And then as leaders came along and said, no, you've got to have a vision. You've got to have a mission. You, and all those things are important. I mean, I teach those things, but not overriding everybody else. You know, it's just like um, now it's division. If you've got two visions in the church, so that's what was told to me. If you've got a vision that doesn't, that's not my vision, then we've got division and you don't belong here. You've got to leave. So what is that? What is that? Is like, so your thing is is like the overarching everything. That's a CEO. That's worldly organizations. This is not the kingdom of God. So we don't then raise uh, sons and daughters in the house. We don't raise a family. We're raising an organization. And so now um, we are just driving them to feed, fuel, and serve our vision, what we want. And um, so, and then we, we like putting all these obligations on and we're putting these 
laws, which is what the Pharisees and Sadducees, you've got to meet expectations. You've got to jump through the hoops for people, for leaders. And these things, are, you know, what happens is now um, it doesn't grow people up into maturity. They, they can't grow up into who they are. The, the best leaders, the greatest leaders in the earth, allow people to become leaders, not, not followers. So, you know, the dysfunctionality of leadership is we constantly are trying to keep people immature. We don't do it on purpose, but we do. We keep them immature because it's all about me, my ministry, my church, what I want to accomplish. So we've got to get to the place where they are important, where we're releasing them, where we can grow them up. Um, you know, measures, measures, measures and and physical or or external boundaries, kind of, you know, obligations and micromanagement is for is for children. You micromanage if your children until they're 10 years old, you micromanage them. If you have to micromanage your teenager, you didn't do a good job in, at, before they were 10 years old. If you didn't do a good job before they were 10, after 10 is going to become a nightmare. And that's what we do. That's why churches are constantly turning over. People are leaving all the time. Um, you know, people getting hurt. People, and we're constantly looking for workers. And and now we've got to find new means to keep people there, uh, so that they're constantly giving to grow this thing and pay the salaries. And and now we constantly make trying to make this thing happen. But you know, in the in the kingdom of God, it's about raising people to maturity. Jesus said, "Be perfect as your Father is perfect." Um, he, Jesus took these unlearned, uneducated guys, um, these twelve guys, and he began to impart to them so that they he discipled them, he mentored them, he modeled for them, he discipled them, he imparted to them. And, and began to give them a governance that was the kingdom of God. Where they related, he spoke about our Father. He spoke to them about the Heavenly Father. He, he gave them the Father so that they could find their journey in Him. And uh, today what we want to do is we want church growth seminars. We want to go find the new silver bullet. We want to find somebody, you know, I mean, every day I've got people contacting me, you know, um, partner with my ministry. And when they do say that, I know what they want. They want money. They're not interested in anything else. I've had invitations to um, teach a group, you know, in in some um, uh, Far East country. And, and really, it's not that they want to hear from me. It's that they want, like when you've taught there, now you have a commitment to financially support them. And I just, you know, that's religion. I just back against that whole thing. I, I just switch people off, block them off. Uh, you know, I just, I will not participate in that kind of thing. And the, the, the guys that I've been discipling over the years will tell you that. It's just like, I will, you know, if they do that, I challenge that in their life. Because that is just not the order and the, and the um, way of God. I did this. You understand? I did this. Thing. I've, I've never, ever begged anybody for money. That's one thing I never did. But um, I just, 
if God doesn't provide and if, if I'm not having provision, then I'm in the wrong garden. That's just really what it is. I'm not in a garden. I'm in the forest. I'm in the bush. And I'm trying to eke out a living on bush. Eking out a living on bush doesn't work. I've got to be in the garden where God wants me to be. So, um, but we want to attend church growth seminars for success. We, we, want to, we want to go to another seminar, another conference. We want to be part of another group, another another. Um, uh, what do they call another camp? We think that camp is better than the other camp. And we constantly, not, we're not looking for relationship. We're not looking for people to teach us um, what we want to do is um, and impart and equip us. We want to hook up with with people for organizations, with people for money. Um, you know, And that's what they do all the time because they're ministers, not sons of God. They're ministers. They are sons of God, but they, they're not... <laughs> partnered in in no that's the wrong word they're not part of a family they're not in relationship where they're being fathered in the order of god they they are just looking to finding success and we kind of then what happens is others grow up in that they begin to see they get unhappy with that they break off and start their own thing and we have this over and over again, people starting their own thing. Reap, they, they want to break away from that control, from, from this whole success principle, but they go and do it again because they don't know anything else. Kingdom is important. That's why kingdom is important. So kingdom of God is a top-down, inside-out approach. It's from Christ the King into me and out. We see Jesus... Uh, sleeping in a boat in the middle of a storm. The disciples come to him and say, don't you care that we are dying? And Jesus is in such peace. He goes like, where's your faith? He, he was in such a place of peace that he didn't, to him it was, we have a mission, we have a purpose, we've got to go to the other side. There was something that had to happen on the other side. He had given, you know, the mission was set. We're going to the other side. Let's go. And and uh, um, and the disciples get all concerned about um, you know dying, <laughs> and but Jesus has this peace in his heart. That peace from the inside out comes out when he goes, "Peace be still," and everything is calm. You see, the peace he had inside is the peace that came out. The the inside out approach is God in us the hope of glory and now we bring it outside we bring it in and when i mean we bring it to the world and when we bring the peace the righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost when we bring it to the world um we're establishing the kingdom of god we're establishing the rule of god but what happens is we've got to establish the rule of god first in our own relationships not trying to get it from external means from from you know anything that comes from the outside in uh not from top down and out uh, inside out but from um out there in and trying to then go this way see everything is out of order satan was out of order he goes to the he uses a, a, a created being to get to eve to get to um to get to um adam God talks to Adam to address Eve to take charge of the animals, the creation. You understand? That's how God works. So uh, God works in order. And, and we need to understand the order of God. We need to operate in the order of God. What we want is to go outside 
get success outside, out the garden, outside, get it then inside and then take it to God. You know, is that it, that doesn't work. That's religion. It doesn't work in God. It doesn't work in God. So we live like kings imposing our our concepts, our rule on people. We're not bringing the rule of God to them. We're not making, you know, we're not making disciples. We're not establishing them and growing them up in maturity to become the sons and daughters of God. We don't breed that kind of culture. We're not breeding at the, the garden. We, we're not developing it. Cultivating is the word that God used. And he said that's worship. It's cultivating the order of God. Cultivating the presence of God in order. Not just our flaky, charismatic, Pentecostal, do whatever we like, when we like, how we like. You know, it's like, And I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about order. I'm talking about God's kingdom way. And that's the thing that we've got to find is God's kingdom way. Um, we can't be living like kings. <laughs> we, we can't, we, you know, Jesus was a king, but he was still totally submitted to his father, totally submitted to his father's will and way. He said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of the father. And that's what we've got to find is, is you know, seeking first. Jesus constantly sought the kingdom of God first as priority. He preached it, he lived it, he pursued it. The whole process of going through the garden, I mean through the yeah, through the garden, through the cross, through the tomb, uh, all was part of the process of kingdom, establishing the kingdom of God, even though he was a king. Today we want to be kings and uh, we're not, you know, we're the CEO and we, we say it's in the name of the Lord, you know. And Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do? And he said, I, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You didn't work within the order and the government of God. So we've got to understand that. <clears throat> we This process that we're busy with in the academy is um, equipping to be leaders. Now, you need to understand something. I, for me, a leader is not about position and title. You know, honestly, I don't... Um, I don't address anybody by their title. Um, my doctor, because he's called, you know, doctor, whatever. Um, well, actually, my act primary physician, I don't even call her doctor. You know, she's Kathy to me. So, um, but it's just that. But, you know, when when church leaders come to me and they go, you know, I'm Apostle so-and-so. You know, I'm, I'm Apostle Paul. I go, hi, Paul. How are you? <laughs> I don't, you know, because to me it's like the title means nothing. Um, it just like, the, you know, in the kingdom of God, it doesn't work. And and guys want to enforce and reestablish their titles and their positions. And that's kingship. And um, in the kingdom of God, the culture of the kingdom is about the leaders have a heart of a father. And that's the most important thing. You know why they have the, the heart of the Father? Not to, so that they can have sons. It's so that they can reveal the heart of the Heavenly Father. Your biggest job as a leader is to get the order of God right so that you are receiving the reflection of the Father through Christ into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's what you reflect to others. You reflect the heart of the Father to them, not your position or your title, not your fatherhood. You know, this today it's like so much striving to become spiritual fathers, and I've got sons. One guy said to me, you know, I said, I, I, I influence people around the world. He said, where's the proof of it? And what he was asking is, do you have sons and daughters coming to a conference? <laughs> you know, and I just like, no, I, I don't do that. I, you know, that's, that's not my way. I just don't do that. I'm constantly investing in their life. And my greatest, my greatest joy, as I said on Sunday, is when, when a son or a daughter of God, and they're all sons of God, you understand, but let's, for the sake of, of understanding, when sons and daughters um, can relate directly to their father, then I've done a great job. When they can hear from their father, when they can, when they can get directions from their king and do what's necessary, whether, it, whether it's for me or not, I, it doesn't, I don't care. I want them to glorify their heavenly father. And I, because I want them to become moms and dads. I want them to become fathers and mothers who will raise the sons and daughters of God as well. I'm, you know, it's like when people start displaying celebrity status to me, you know, when they start taking positions and titles and how many churches they've got and how many sons they've got, you know, I'll start withdrawing from that kind of thing thing i just don't have i just don't want to be part of that kind of thing it's it's manipulative it's kingship it's not the order of god it's not the heart it's not the culture of god how many members i've got how big is my ministry uh, just like all of that stuff just is not for within the government and the order of god so here we're going to be equipping you to become a dad here we're going to become equip you to make disciples and be be a mom and a dad that can raise spiritually raise um, the next generation of moms and dads rather than uh, ministers chasing success and uh, trying to show off their gift and how loud they can preach and how anointed and how spiritual they are not interested really not interested in that stuff uh, <clears throat> Isaiah 9 6 says that unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will rest on his shoulders so the whole government of the kingdom of God rests on the shoulders of Christ Jesus and he was a son he was first a child and then he became a son the government rests on his on his shoulders we, we should stop looking to um, give assign ministers who just are about who are ambitious who are about their gifting who want their position who want title you know if you have a position steve and i were talking about this the other day is that my friend steve is that when you have a position you're always going to have people that want it if you have a title there's somebody going to want your title or greater than your title um when you're a dad nobody can take your place <laughs> Nobody can take your place. They become dads in their own right, but they can't take your place as dad. Uh, and that's the thing is like people are trying to, uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't 
shift that in your life, you're going to have people pursuing that of you constantly, ambitiously. But what you want to do is assign to sons because sons carry the government. They've got to go through the process. And, you know, to us, a child is born, a baby is born, and to us, a son is given. You've got to have that, that process, a child being born into the kingdom of God. They need to be you know, nurtured and, and, um, and uh, parented, if you may, fathered, processed through the process of discipleship and impartation of values and perspective and kingdom mentality and the order of God within their lives until they get to the place that they become sons. And when they become sons, um, now they carry, you know, full-grown, uh, mature, complete, uh, you know, perfect. Jesus speaks about, you know, he says, be perfect as your father is perfect. The word perfect there is be complete, be mature. It's just like you've got to take on the full character of your father. <laughs> That's what it's about. Is like taking on the full. Now you begin to have government from a father point of view, not from a minister, gifted, pressing, pushing, success, success, success. Um, we see this with Jesus. Uh, Jesus being baptized, he goes to the father in, well, he goes to John the Baptist in the wilderness and to be baptized by him, John says, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. Jesus said, you've got to fulfill, you've got to fulfill the time and the prophecy. You've got to do it. So you understand Jesus to that point in time, he, he was probably gifted enough. I mean, at 12, we see he could teach the, the priests, etc., and the teachers of the law and scribes. But he doesn't do anything until the time of the father. And so when the father releases him, he now goes to John the Baptist. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't done any miracles. He hasn't done any preaching, no ministry, nothing. He's not done anything. He's not even a worship leader, a prayer leader. He's nothing. You understand? But he goes to, goes to the Jordan and John baptizes him. And when he comes out the water... Immediately, God speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God sets immediately a seal on him of acknowledgement and acceptance and approval. Three things. Acceptance, acknowledgement and approval. This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. And, and right there we have those three seals. Those three seals are what every father should, every spiritual father within the context of the, the community of God's church. That's what you should be putting on people. Not your ministry seal. Not the, your gifting seal. Not them telling everybody how powerful you are and inviting people to your thing. You should be putting the seal of approval and acknowledgement and acceptance on them that they know the Father's seal, not your seal, the Father's seal. There's only one seal that I want to put into people, and that's the Father's seals. And so it wasn't about um, anything Jesus had done, but Father immediately acknowledges and proves and accepts him as his son. And uh, he was pleased in his sonship. He was pleased with his sonship, not with anything else. He was pleased with 
the way he had grown up in stature and in knowledge and in the wisdom of God. That's what it says in Luke, I think it is. Um, let's have a look, see quickly. Um, Luke chapter 1. And uh, let's see here quickly. Um, I think it's right at the end. Yes, it says uh, in verse 80 of Luke chapter 1, it says um, that the little boy grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the deserts, in the wilderness, until the day he's appearing to Israel, the commencement of his public ministry. So he grew strong in spirit. Um there was another, there's another translation to that, I think. Uh, that's the Amplified Classic. Let's have a look, see at another one. Um, verse 80. Right at the bottom there. Um, the child continued to grow and become strong in spirit. Yeah, so anyway, he, he, he just, he spent his time growing up. I can't remember where that scripture is, but he spent his time growing up, um, in, in stature, in, in strong in spirit, you understand, he, he was growing in substance and, and of his character and of who he was and um, in his identity with God. So he grew strong in spirit. Where is it? <laughs> Gosh, I keep missing it. Um, he continued to grow and become strong in spirit. And uh, let's see. If it, uh, yeah, no, there's no comment on it. So... Um, and therefore, the, you know, the father is now pleased with him at that point in time. It wasn't about his gifting. It wasn't about his ministry. It wasn't about what he had accomplished. It was about his identity. He was a son before his father. In, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Can God say that about you and me? Or are we looking to say, this is my prophet whom, in whom I'm well pleased. This is my minister. This is my pastor. This is my preacher. This is my, you know, whatever, in whom I'm well pleased. This is my leader in whom I'm well pleased. It's not God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Identity. Not function. Identity. It's like, how, who are you? Are you in order, in kingdom order of being a son before your father? If you're not a son and you're operating in gifting only, you're going to be driven. And when you're driven, you will drive. Done it. You're going to push, push, get my, get my success, get this thing growing. We say it's in the name of the Lord. It, we say it's to, you know, to glorify God. But actually, you've got to ask yourself, really, if you really take time to ask yourself, is it really? We, we constantly pushing, driving for our own benefit. And so um, you'll be driven um, and you will drive. You'll be looking for acceptance from what you do, not from who you are. I said, with a, I said to my friend the other day, I said, you know, he's like, I know God's got me in a new phase, a new season, and I need to operate into my purpose. And what, I'm just praying, what do I need to do? And he said, is it about what you do or is it about who you are? Are you, are you prioritizing your identity or are you prioritizing your performance? 
And, you know, that's why we have accountability relationships is like I had to say, oh, okay, I just got to catch myself. And it's amazing when I rest in him and just begin to worship and pray, God begins to give me ideas and say, do this. And then I know it's God. It's his, it's his garden at that point in time. So we've got to focus on becoming strong in spirit, becoming strong in character, growing up in our identity that gives us character, gives us substance. Oh my God, I'm so tired of the lack of character in the, the Christian world. I'm so tired of it. The lies, the deceptions, the manipulations. And we, call, we want to put it all into the context of calling it Christianity. Ministry. It's not, people. It's not. You're not reflecting your Heavenly Father. It's about your gifting. It's about your ministry. It's about, you know, driving to get success. Manipulation, listen to me, is witchcraft. When you're trying to manipulate people to give you money, give you power, give you position, give you respect and honor, you are operating in a spirit of witchcraft. It's not from God. It's not the kingdom of God. We're looking for ministry equipping. We're not looking for growing up. We're not looking for character. We want to make Jesus Savior, but we don't want to make Him Lord of our life. Every king is a lord. And lordship means he owns and he possesses. He says his kingdom is established. And if you don't abide by it, you know, it's like you're going to get alienated <laughs> from his kingdom. So we've got to grow up. We've got to become mature we've got to become complete we've got to grow up in character so we grow up into our sonship not into ministryhood but into sonship that's why we need the kingdom of god in leadership we need to change our perspective that's what jesus was saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand what we want to do is just send people out or they go and establish themselves out there with a gift. They are still babies. They're still immature. They've got no character. And they want to now run ministry. They want to be on the platform. And we put them there. We're not growing up people into the order of God. Into sonship where a far, their far, heavenly father says, This is my son and I'm well pleased. We're running around trying to find, you know, with our gifting and and we're looking for some minister to say oh, boy you you the you're the man of the hour we love to hear that but we're not looking to hear our heavenly father say this is my son in whom i'm well pleased when you plant a baby you get a great gift but when you plant a son you get the kingdom of god order established you get the garden of eden being cultivated <clears throat> you get things you know things are happening the supernatural comes but it's in order you have supernatural things come but it's within the principles of the kingdom of god not the principles of man israel when they were going through the wilderness no order <laughs> They're going through the wilderness 
And they live by miracles. God supernaturally intervened all the time. But when they get to the promised land, no miracles. There's no miracles in the promised land. Why? Because now they had to live by the principle. God had now, begin, you know, he'd taken them through the process. It was a long process because they didn't want to learn. But as a nation, you had to establish order in in them first so that when they got into the promised land, now they live by the principle of God's order. There were no miracles in, in, the, um, in the promised land. It was now the process of the principle, the law of, of the farm. What you plant, you reap. Um, as, as leaders, what we've got to do is live the principle. And the miracle comes. We've got to live the order of God in our lives. We've got to live as sons of the kingdom in our lives. And then teach that. So we walk in the ways of God. And then they walk in the ways of God. That's what discipleship really is. Is imparting the principle, the laws, the values, the perspective of the kingdom of God. So we, when we're preaching repentance, you know, I just like I, I see all the time Facebook groups, you need to repent of your sin because otherwise, you know, and repent is repent. But there's no talking about change of mind, change of mindset. And that's what we need is people to change the mindset. So we've got to live and, and teach the order of God, the principle of God. So people walk in the kingdom of God, the way of the kingdom. So they begin to seek first the kingdom of God, not the um, the church. <laughs> Signs will follow us as we do that. Jesus said that. He said, as they went preaching the gospel of the kingdom, not the church, the gospel of the kingdom, signs followed them wherever they went and preached. Signs followed the word, the message of the kingdom that they preached. Signs and miracles will follow you. You don't following signs and miracles. So always remember the kingdom of God transforms from the inside out, not from the outside in. Anything from the outside in is dead religion. Dead religion will always demand compliance, demand conformance, demand you dress, act, behave in a certain way that you conform to me as the CEO. You conform to my way. God help you if you follow God's way. That doesn't fit with my way. The thing about it is, is I see people wanting to teach the kingdom of God. They want to teach these things. They want to, they want to walk in these things. But I, I mean, they want to teach, you know, preach kingdom of God. They want to do, but they're not walking it in, them, in themselves. You know, you will give information, but you impart who you are. And uh, it's like, you know, if you're a Pharisee and you're trying to behave, act like a nice spiritual father, you're going to give information about being a spiritual father, but you're actually going to be imparting a Pharisee spirit, a controlling spirit, a manipulative spirit. A baby spirit. Babies cannot raise up sons 
to cannot raise up moms and dads. They will kill moms and dads because they don't want moms and dads to be greater than them. So that they will so they will kill anybody that matures them more than they drive them out because they want the babies around them because the babies will go, Ooh, you're so wonderful, you're so wonderful. Ooh, we you th we think you're a wonderful baby. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's just like that. Have you noticed with, with children? He's like, yeah, as long as adult comes in no leave me alone i can do this myself <laughs> so we impart who we are if you're not grown up and developed into becoming a father it doesn't matter one guy sat with me across the table and he said uh you must um you came to see me i was, I was going back a number of years ago but he's like you must write a book on being a spiritual father and uh, and I said, nah, I'm not going to do it. And he said, why? He said, I, I would read it. I said, yeah, that's exactly why I don't write it. And he said, why? I said, because what you want is the information that you can use to build your ministry. And I said, um, but you you know, what you should maybe do is think about coming and sitting with me for two months or three months. And uh, let's let me walk this thing with you so that you become you know, so that you become, that you don't just, you, you grow up into it, you get a, get an impartation of it. You don't just get the information of it. Well, you know, later on, a couple, about a, a year or, or so later, a year later actually, now that guy turned on me and, um, yeah, it's, you know, just really did really bad for me um, in, in the sense, but it doesn't matter because, you know, I know who I am in God. It was hurtful. It was what he did and what he said about me was um, not, not yeah, the rumors he spread about me was terrible. But hey, you know what? It's like God can deal with those things. I, I, I cast that care on the Lord. I'm not going to worry about it. It puts me back a bit, but that's just the way it is. It's simply because he, it was all about ministry to him. It was his position and posturing himself so that he gets the tithes from people and is like, I'm not even interested in that stuff, you know. But anyway, so because he wanted the information, and that's the problem is, you know, I know people will even take the information I'm giving here and they will use it for their thing, you know, but it's fine. I, I just pray that if you're listening to this and, you know, whether it's one, two people, I really don't care. I'm I'm looking for the ones and twos that are prepared to, Listen to this and listen to it again and listen to it again and again and again until it gets deep down on the inside of them and they become, they become and uh, find the identity in, in Christ before their father. So if we're not in kingdom order, we are going to be sowing and imparting disorder. We'll be imparting chaos and confusion and insecurity and immaturity immature leaders cannot impart maturity immature leaders insecure leaders manipulative leaders lacking character cannot impart the the identity that's necessary for the kingdom of god to be imparted for the order of god for the government of god to rest upon the shoulders for the authority and their dominion to to, to rest on in the hearts of, of God's people. Cannot. And so if you're not walking in it, you're not going to impart it. Right? In the Romans chapter 8, it says that creation is longing for 
the sons of God. The word sons there is the Greek word weos, H-U-I-O-S, weos, means fully mature and complete. Um, adult or an adult son who is fully identified in their father. And so creation is not looking for the ministers of God. They're looking for the sons of God that carry the order of God. They carry the kingdom of God, the government of God upon their shoulders within them. Who are ordered right with their father. Who reflect who he is. They mature and complete in him. Creation is not looking for bishops and prophets. They're not looking for apostles and pastors and evangelists and teachers. The world is crying, groaning and crying out for the revealing, for the manifestation of those who reflect who the Father is through their sonship, who carry dominion of, of Genesis chapter 1, 26 upon, within their heart. They carry dominion. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples. So that is why leaders need to that's why the kingdom of God is important to leaders. Leadership is not leadership without an understanding, a complete understanding of the kingdom of God. So I pray that this message will really grab your heart. We're going to be diving deeper into this with more things over the, over the months and weeks and months ahead and years ahead. The academy is going to be going on and I pray that you know, if I can just see somebody, somebody get this, somebody grab this, somebody begin to live this, I will be really, really, um, I, I will have fulfilled my mission in life. So I'm, I'm praying that you will basically be able to grab onto this and, and sense the impartation of it. Father, in the name of Jesus, that everybody under the sound of my voice, that participates in this academy and listens to this over and over again, studies this out and begins to implement it in their life, coming into the into your kingdom order, Father, and growing up until they become the kind of son that um, carries your dominion, your government, your rulership, Father, your kingdom in their life and takes it everywhere they go, not to rule and control men, but to set them free. To bring the supernatural from the order of God into people's lives, into the world, into your church, into your you know, into what you wanting to do, establishing a garden wherever they go. I pray, Father, that that they would have clarity to see it. Father, that you would give them the insight, gift them with the ability to see these mysteries, Father. I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father, their identity will become their character will become more important than their gifting and their ministries and their success but father that they would submit to um, your way of doing things that they truly will seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and all these things will be added unto them in jesus name amen thank you for joining me uh, for those that do i appreciate um, and uh, please send me any questions you may have uh, and watch out for the announcement on the KLE 12. All right. So until next time, this is me saying God bless you. And we'll talk again soon.